Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to Talk Money, where we talk about everything financial. Today's program, do you know how much some people struggle with selecting an investment portfolio fix that meets their needs? Well, of course, uh, on that particular subject, it's best suited when you think about what you're looking for. You're looking for something that's managing your risk temperament, your tolerance, and what you're looking for in your life at this particular time. So what do people do? Well, some do nothing, and that is not the way to make your money work for you. My guest today, CFP Chris Purcell, with our financial literacy group at Shoemaker Financial, he's here to help us understand just how to build an investment portfolio for whatever period you happen to find yourself to be in in this particular part of your life. That's an important thing for you to understand that we're going to be answering some very serious questions. In the second half of the program, we're going to talk about uh, frequent questions that you have always asked us about elder care and why is it such a burden to so many families. Financial fraud against the elderly is most, it's just one of those issues. It's it's perpetuated in the fact that we read about this. By the family members, by people who are close to this particular person. In fact, Investment News stated that 66% of financial crimes against seniors committed today is by a family member, a friend, or a trusted person. USA Today says to us, 10 years, in the last 10 years, we've seen an increase of 46% of home health care jobs. And we may need more because of what we're going to talk about today. That's Rob Klimek. He's coming up in the second half, helping us understand what we need to know about financial needs of elder care in that particular part of our life. From our Did You Know files, the Department of Labor says that over the last 20 years, ending April the 30th of this year, inflation in the United States has increased 54.2% or 2.2% annually. And that doesn't sound like too much if I say it real fast. An individual living in a fixed income who has not benefited benefited from cost of living increases would have only 65% of their purchasing power at the end of April of this year. Now, that's 20 years earlier, you think about it. If you had bought a dinner for your girlfriend, your wife, or you're just going out to dinner, it's $50 for that dinner 20 years ago today. It's going to cost you $80. That's what inflation does. You need to think about it. Here's something interesting. The Office of Management and Budget stated, you know, recently that this this is a big number. Social Security outlays for the U.S. government during fiscal year 2017. Hold on to it. Here's, here it comes. $944.9 billion, with a B. That's $2.6 billion a day. Social Security outlays for the U.S. government in 2007, just 10 years ago, $586 billion. That's only $1.6 billion. Think about it. We've gone from $1.6 billion to 10 years later to $2.6 billion a day. The U.S. government last year approved 763 generic drugs 
That's in 2017. That's a record number of generic drugs approved by the FDA. And if you're taking several prescriptions, that could be something that you might want to check out the next time that you meet with your doctor. Coming up, Chris Purcell, what type of investment portfolio mix do you need at this particular stage in your life? He has some great ideas. Rob Clement will help us understand elder care. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Chris Purcell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. We're talking with Chris Purcell, a certified financial planner and a member of our financial literacy group. Welcome to the program, sir. Thanks, Jim. Excited to be here. Let me ask you this. When we talk about selecting a portfolio mix, we have so many questions about this, the the issues of the emotions that people get caught up in. So when we talk about that risk-averse person, the person that's taking some risk, their their temperament, their their what's going on in their life, talk to me about money personalities, because that's really what we're dealing with. Yeah, you don't hear a lot about the word money personalities at all, right? And so... Stick with me here because I'm going to get a little psychological on you. Um, um, But we're kind of taking a different approach today and looking at kind of how we react and how we behave based upon things that we unconsciously feel, right? So we we do things, we have a physical self, we have an emotional self, but we also have a money self and what is termed as a a money personality. And, And what really does that mean, you're asking? What it is is how we behave and react with our money based upon what we feel. It's It's very simple. To think about. So when you say that now, when how we feel, do I get caught up in the emotions of what the media is telling me? Does that change my personality or have I got that personality and I'm there already? That can. It can influence what's already there and make you think, hey, th- what the media is saying is really how I feel and thus give, you know, kind of credence to what you believe or can possibly sway what your thoughts were and say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to move this way. But when we talk about money personality, we're talking about, you know, how we feel about earning, saving, spending, and obviously also investing. Well, help me, give me some of these thoughts then. What are some of these personalities that you're thinking about? I mean, I guess this, un, if I'm thinking about unconscious needs and desires, go through that. I mean, I can think of the first one might be security. If I've got that mindset, that would be the first one? Sure, absolutely. People behave different ways with money. So when you think about security, some people will say, let's imagine I gave you a million dollars today. Right. And and you may say to yourself, wow, now I feel really secure. I have enough money to 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 live out my life, be safe. And I'm and I'm not really worried about it where I give a guy like Rob money and Rob all of a sudden says, hey, now I've got a million dollars. People have to respect me. Ah. And so different people, again, feel different ways. And it may be the way you were brought up. It may be just just different experiences that you've had. But security and respect are, are a couple, you know, freedom. Again, if you have enough money, now you feel that you have the freedom to go do whatever it is that you want. Unfortunately, love is one of them. People will say, hey, if I have enough money, now you're going to care about me. 
And and you've seen it before. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, my wife loves me. No, I. Oh, I, come, on, come on, come I'm on, come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so love is one. Um, power is another. You know, people always say, "I want to be powerful. I want to have you know the most money. That's going to make me the most powerful person in the room because I control everything." Right. So so if I'm looking at security, freedom, love, respect, power, anything else? Happiness. Oh, that makes sense. Happiness. Makes sense. And, and we tell people all the time, or at least I do, in, in our industry, you know, it's a lot about money, right? Uh, but but money's not going to buy you happiness or love, mm, but it is definitely going to help you do the things that you want to do. Um, and so these feelings that you direct towards your money and the emotions that you have, it's it's kind of like an emotional currency, right? That makes a lot of sense. Rob, in your practice, Rob Klimek, also with Shoemaker Financial, a financial advisor and been with us for a long time. Rob, I know in your practice, you deal with a lot of people at the stage of life, because we're going to talk about elder care in the second half of the program, and you're going to help us with that. But do you see people struggling with these particular emotional things here? These, this, this I guess you might say this this emotional currency that, that basically Chris has talked about? Oh, Chris is right on task. Uh, this is exactly what people deal with throughout their entire life. You uh, you find it, uh, uh, at least in my practice, that there's two things that people many times say they want. They want time freedom and money freedom. And that's right in line with what Chris is sharing. And uh, then out of there comes the fact that uh, as they go through the aging process, uh, there begins to be a little less confidence in themselves. Uh, and whether it's a male or a female, uh, confidence begins to wane through the aging process. So, you know, our our responsibilities are to go back and shore up and help them with their uh, with their wise decision making. Well, if you just tuned in, I'm talking with Chris Purcell and Rob Clement. We're talking about selecting a portfolio, an investment portfolio mix that's best suited for this particular time in your life. And not everybody falls into one category. That's what you've got to be careful. I just was recently talking to someone that said, you know, I talked to this particular advisor, and and it seemed like everything that he was talking about, he was talking about with everybody. And we know that that doesn't always work. Everybody's different. Everybody's got a different mindset. And Chris, just to review one more time, real quick, you've talked about security. Go through the rest of those so that everybody, and you call these that emotional currency or, or, or the mindset help me make sure we get that because it sounds like that's very very fundamental to what you're talking about absolutely so you know with the emotional currency it's basically going to symbolize the needs and desires that you have for your money right and what the thing the the emotions that it's going to derive once you have it so security is one freedom to do what you want to do love um, respect power and happiness all that ties into together. Now, we talk to a whole lot of people where we say, be careful. We, we talk sometimes about things to avoid, and one of them is letting your emotions get out of control. And that's really what you're saying. These are things to be careful with. Absolutely. Uh, you know, making emotional decisions can become an issue. If you've ever made an emotional decision in your life, just think about that for a moment. Whether it was in your personal life, whether it was with your money, whatever the case may be, a lot of times it's a knee-jerk reaction. And it's usually the wrong reaction. Um, and that's why, you know, I remember when I was young, my mama always said, count to 10, <laughs> let those emotions die down, then make your decisions, right? It sounds so easy to yeah, do. My mom said count to 100. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about. All right, we've kind of set the foundation. Now, there are personality types. 
Sure. And you've really got a great way of looking at this. I know you were part of our financial literacy group, and you teach this a lot. You and several of the guys do a lot of teaching. And so this is about really going through a process of understanding and that personality type when it comes to money. Help us with those. Sure. And so when we talk about kind of figuring out a portfolio mix, the different types of people that we are. Um, so we've got, we've kind of boiled it down to four. And again, you said it earlier, it, you don't have to fit in every single one. You could be bleeding a little bit into each, but I'm going to give you all four now. Daredevil, Explorers, researchers and preservers all right that makes real good sense i can fall i see it immediately when the way you put that is really a great way to look at it now let's go through them again and let me just pause in, in my head get where i'm when you go into the explorer i, I got that one help mm-hmm. me with the others so daredevil <laughs> i get it right get so it. you probably you probably got some thoughts on that one sure researchers got it which makes sense and preservers Preservers being, and you know, Rob, you mentioned that maybe I might start out as a young person as a daredevil, but at some point I might become more of a preserver. That's exactly right. And uh, and Chris's uh, four types, I mean, I've seen it, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with age. Uh, I've seen some very senior people be daredevils out there. So, you know, and, and they may say things like, well, Rob, you need to understand, this is not my money. Yes, it is, but it's for my grandchildren, I not my it. children. So there it. you go. You can it. be a daredevil as a senior citizen. That's a great point. All right, Chris, I want you to walk through these investing personalities uh, that reflects a different emotional reaction to risk-taking. Now, we're trying to help people understand how do you design a portfolio mix for this particular stage of your life, whatever that is. Sure. So walk us through those four personalities. Sure. So the first one we talk about daredevils. Um, obviously, that's going to be somebody that is very aggressive, right? Somebody that kind of lives life in the fast lane, so to speak, kind of at the at the seat of their pants. These are the people that are always talking about new issue mark, uh, new issue stock. They're always looking for the new stock tip. They're always looking, you know, to trade, kind of quickly jump in and out of market and make. Make a quick buck, so to speak, sometimes. Um, and so those are the people that are going to be very aggressive. And there's, it's kind of a jump in and think later type so, of So is, is that person, is that a self-confident person? Oh, definitely. Person You're going to have someone that, that feels like this is the way that I want to go. And boom, they're off. There's no second guessing. It's this is full speed ahead. This is what I want to do. And that's a short term or is that long term? It can be long term. But a lot of times what you will see is these guys and gals are jumping back and forth in and out and trying to, to kind of make uh, a quick buck. But again, we always preach long term, you know, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market and saying, okay, you can be aggressive. But let's be aggressive for a period of time that's going to suit what we're looking for. But I could put in my mind, when you say daredevil, I really think that's a great way of putting it because I, I can identify that there are times that I might move to being a daredevil for something, but it's maybe not the way I am all the time. So that's sure. a good way of looking at that from that standpoint. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that uh, uh, people do vacillate on these and, and depending on where you guys started at the very beginning. Uh, what's going on in your life? I mean, if you've had a life event, 
all of a sudden it can change uh, a bit of your personality. And that's the money personalities we're right. talking about. This is not your relationship personalities. Right. You're not a, but it's money personalities that reflect your attitude toward earning, spending, saving, and investing money. That's what we're talking about. All right, that was number one, Daredevil. Number two, Explorers. Um, and so this one's this one's a little bit more difficult, right? So they're they're excited about the thrill, the hunt. Uh, they've talked to the daredevils and they they see what they're doing, and they're they're very excited to get into into that scenario. But they're they're lacking a little bit of the confidence, and so they're they're not quite sure which way to go. They've come into the fork of the road, and I've seen people go this way. I've seen people go that way. Which way is the right way for me? Uh, and so that's usually kind of the problem that they have. And they're going to get swept up in kind of a cattle approach and just go with the flow. Mm, okay. Which, which you know, hey, everybody's doing this. This is probably a good thing to do. I'm going to go this way. Um, but they want to. They want to get invested they want to do different things but they're just unsure of what to do now you're using the term explore i i like that is that that person that maybe they're they want to get involved and they're fascinated by mm-hmm. in, investing money i can think of an explorer you know let's just say hernando de soto who's exploring and finds the mississippi i mean he's out there he's fascinated in something new I don't see him following the crowd for some reason. So would you say that? I mean, is the explorer willing to take risk? Sometimes but they not, are. Not at that point of being the roll the dice. I think guy. it's a it's a little bit more calculated. They need a little bit more guidance. Okay. Um, but then they're willing to go which with, with which way you push them. So if you're sitting down with someone who's come into the office, mm-hmm. you're looking at this money personality thing. This this attitude towards. Earning, spending, saving, and investing. We're not just talking about just investing. Not at this all. This is about just earning. This is money personalities. Sure, sure. Because some people, again, it goes back to all four facets, right? Because mm-hmm. if it took you a lot to earn that, it's probably going to take a good bit for you to give that up to spend it and invest it. And you're going to probably be a little bit more cautious. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So the first one was Daredevils. The second one, Explorers. Number three. And the third one is Researchers. Oh, I get that. You, I, mean, I know some of those people. <laughs> these are people that are going to dive deep into it. You'll talk about one thing, and then the next thing you know, the next time you meet with them, they've got a thousand facts that they want to want to talk about, and they almost sometimes get a little too deep into it, right? Um, but what they're looking for is again to gain that confidence. And confidence is for them is going to come from the knowledge of knowing I have unturned every stone and look under every single rock to figure out this is the right thing for me. Does that person tend to be a little more cautious than the other two? Is that is that because they, is that the reason why they're doing all the research? I think definitely that is a that is a very valid point. You've got someone that is saying, okay, I want to do this, but I'm not quite for sure, and so I'm going to look at I'm going to read you know, 20 different surveys or look at a, a ton of different data to determine that this is the right thing for me. And so it it's not a bad approach. You always want to be informed upon what you're what you're doing and the decisions that you're making, but there's sometimes a point where you can almost get overwhelmed by all the data and information. All right, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm understanding that. So now I guess I've looked at this daredevil, and I can really get that picture in my mind. I'm looking at the explorer. A little confused with the explorer because I'm thinking they're cautious, but they're not 
They're not so cautious, they're not doing anything. Absolutely. And that's probably what I need to keep in mind. So then, of course, and then the researcher, I totally get that. I think that's easy to so Now, number four, I, I, I want to know more about what you're saying with number four. And so preserver is number four, right? Um, and so with that, you're thinking more of someone who's a little bit worried, wants to make sure that they keep everything that they have. So the confidence level to step out um, on a ledge or anything that seems a little bit, oh, risky or, or volatile, they're going to say, hey, I, I'm just not comfortable with that. Um, and so that's someone that's going to stick, play it close to the vest, not really kind of get very far out there and stay in safe investments. All right. I, I guess when I say preserver, mm-hmm. Rob, when we talk to people in your practice, do you see them more because we are talking to an elderly group? You're going to talk with us in a few minutes about the elder care and the things you see in your practice. Do you see that? You mentioned earlier that there could be the daredevil that's the older person simply because he's retired. He says, I've got plenty of money, and he's doing this for his grandkids. But but do you find that they they say that, but they're really not willing to take the risk that a daredevil? Chris described a daredevil as a guy out there. I mean, he's fast lane. Is that what you're talking about with a person, or are they more preservers? Well, I think there. If you generally you see more preservers as as we age, but uh, there are those that sometimes uh, you know it could be that the fact that uh, they are now a a single uh, widow or a widower, and uh, and they've done the things in life they want, and they begin to uh, see a change in their personality and their money personality mm-hmm. that says. Uh, Hey guys, I, what can I do with this that can help the future generations? So, uh, but preservation ends up being by far the majority as people age that you uh, that you deal with. Chris, do you see that in your practice? Which is, you know, I mean, you're doing a lot of teaching as a part of the financial literacy group, where you're doing that as a CFP and you're involved and you're teaching. Is there? Do you find that it's equal, twenty five, twenty five? I mean, one quarter, or are there? Or do you find that when it comes to investing, people just usually end up in one category or the other, and there's more there? It it depends. Uh, a lot of times, we will see people that you know have, again, different experiences. So they are, you know, they come from money. They've always had money and they're they're looking to make more money. Um, you'll see people that, again, haven't come from money and they're more, they're, they're not wanting to invest it because it took a lot for them to earn the money that they have. Um, and a lot of times it's just, they haven't had the uh, education about it. Uh-huh. And so once getting through and diving in and trying to figure out why do I think this way, and then is this the right way to be thinking for my age and for my goals? That's when, that's when they really kind of have a breakthrough. Well, you guys have helped a ton. We've talked about four basic, I say, money personalities. You've got the guy who ends up being that preserver. You've got the guy who's the researcher, the explorer, and, of course, the daredevil. Now, when we come back, now that you've figured out four basic you know, personalities, money personalities, we're going to talk about financial priorities and how you divide them into four phases. Chris Purcell, Rob Clements, my guest. You're listening, of course, to KWAM 990 and FM 107.9 Talk Radio for Memphis and the Mid-South. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. 
Shoemaker Financial and Security and Financial Services do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and legal situation. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, coming up next week on June the 7th at the office, 530 to 630, Tommy Armstrong will be talking to you about some of the 2018 tax strategies as a result of last year when we passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Managing your taxes in 2018 is a little bit more uh, complicated. So what we want to do is just give you some information about that. That's at the office. Just call the office at 757-5757 and just put your name down. The seating is limited, so I need you to go ahead and call. That's next Thursday, June the 7th from 530 to 630. Tommy Armstrong, he'll be talking about 2018 tax strategies. Now, we're talking with uh, Rob Clement and Chris Purcell. We're going through this whole idea of understanding and selecting an investment portfolio mix, and we really kind of got into this fundamental part of knowing that there's different money personalities. There's different attitudes. There's different ways of looking at it. Now, I, I really like, Chris, the way you put it, because so many people might be offended if you say, well, you're this kind of, you know, but you really kind of said, okay, it's an explorer. It's a daredevil. It's a preserver. It's a researcher. Well, I get that. Now, I know some of that material comes from Sound Mind Investing Handbook by Austin Pryor. That's we use. Give him credit for He's put some of that, did a great job of that. And I appreciate that. But now I want to talk about financial priorities. Once, you know, that you look at that, it can be divided into four phases. If I know my personality, help me with my priorities. Sure. So now we've figured out our personality like you said we know who we are now we need to know where we are that's good right um and so there's about four different stages or phases um in your life that you're going to be looking at the the first one that uh, we like to talk about is kind of the the foundational stage right trying to trying to build a good foundation so you can move on from there that's usually the early part, your early working years. You know, you've been in school, you've done your training, you're out, now you're making money, you're trying to get your life together, essentially. Uh, you're buying a house, you're getting cars, your family's growing, um, and you're, you're slowly building assets, right? You're, mm. you're trying to get everything together, you're slowly building assets. This is the time to be that daredevil. Um, because you're going to be in, this is your 20s and through your 30s, these are the times when you've got, you've got a little bit of money on the side to invest. And this is when you can really take, you know, you can take those risks. So you set aside the emergency fund. Absolutely. And you got that, you got that set aside. In other words, you talked about the fundamentals, buying a home, getting maybe the car, just setting up some of those. Get your debt squared away. Debt squared away. And so you've got your emergency fund if the roof falls apart or you need tires or something like that. But when you start investing, you're saying be a daredevil. Absolutely. So you've got a job, you're investing in your 401k, and that's where I want to see, you know, those 20, 30-year-olds to, to really be aggressive because it's going to be a while more than likely before they retire. So a long, you got a long horizon. you got a long road to hope. And you basically, at that point, you can be more of a risk taker. So again, now, if you just tuned in, we're talking about in your stage of life, what kind of a portfolio mix should you be looking at? And we're saying at this point, foundational, laying the foundation, 20s, 30s, you can be more of a daredevil. Absolutely. Number two. Absolutely. Now, after that, we're going to be moving into our 40s and 50s, and this is when most of us are going to see our peak earnings. This is when we've kind of been in our industry for a while. We're at the top of it. We're being promoted. We've risen through the ranks, and we're really generating some income. 
Um, you've probably in one of the last houses that you're hopefully going to buy and you're starting to pay that off. Your kids are growing up and you're pushing them well out of the house. Right. And, uh, and so this is kind of when you, you, you know, you're still kind of in that phase to where you're aggressive, but you've got a lot building now and in, in retirement, it's on the horizon. You can think about it, but we still got probably another 15, possibly 20 years before we're going to, before we're going to be retiring. So you're thinking at that point that I should be more of a, a researcher. I like what you're doing here. Okay. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think, I think we're coming down from, from the, from the daredevil a little bit. Now there's, there's a sense of it in there because there. there's always going to be a little bit of a bleed through in that, but we still got that, but we're also researching different avenues that, that we feel, okay, I've got more money. I can look into doing something like this and trying to really get our financial ducks in a row. Okay. That's important. Now you said 40s and 50s, just recently. Somebody was talking to me. In fact, he pulled up. I was at the service station. He came over and said, you know, you're Jim Shoemaker. I want to ask you a question. I listen to the radio program. <laughs> All of a sudden, I go to pumping gas to sharing with him, and he's probably listening today. But the point is, I, you know, it was a great question. He says, I don't want to take any risk. And I said, well, how old are you? And he said, I'm 51. And I, and I, you know, I'm thinking, wait, he's, and you're saying. Well, I, I think you need to a little bit. I mean, 51. We're just now making it roughly half this man's life, right? right. And yeah. so we don't want him to, to slam on the brakes and decide, well, I need to be going 20 on the interstate. We want to, we, you know, unless he's got enough there to live off of for the rest of his life, we're going to need some growth. We're going to need to be a little bit aggressive. But, you know, this is where I think you're talking about, though, Chris, because so many of us, maybe we haven't achieved that million dollars using that number or a hundred sure. or whatever that number is sure. so it's like i don't have enough i can't afford to lose any so i'm gonna squeeze in and not take any risk and i'm really cutting me kind of my nose off to spite my face i feel like right there what you're describing is kind of an emotional decision you're, you're kind of getting excited about oh i don't have enough money and i just i can't lose what i have instead of looking at the flip side of it and saying you know i don't have enough money and I i've got some time I need to really figure out how I can grow it. And so managing your time, managing portfolio, knowing your investment money personality. Absolutely. That's what you're talking about. So we said, all right, you've got a foundation laid. You're in that phase of accumulating assets. What is phase three? So phase three is going to be preserving, right? Uh, or excuse me. Fa- yes, phase three is going to be preserving those assets. You're right on the cusp of retirement. You know, you're you're kind of pulling back. You're going to be going. You're going the last couple of years of working, and then flowing straight into retirement. And so this is again, we don't need to completely cut it off, but we're going to dial that aggression down quite a bit and make sure that hey, is everything on track to do what I need to do? Are all my bases covered? Yes. Here's how I'm kind of going to go from here. So I am preserving. There I am now, that preserver. I am taking care of it. Uh, I'm not locking it up. It's still got to be invested. It's not buried in the backyard in a tin can. Absolutely. All right. Now, phase four, it's now time for me to, it's got to be the time that I'm going to start distributing the money and I'm using it. Absolutely. So this is this is fully into retirement and, and well after, right? You're taking RMDs. You're, you've, you've done a great job. And now it's time to make sure we pulling this money out properly um, for ourselves and then for our heirs as well, right? So it's not just going to be you in retirement. It's going to be everybody, your whole family around you and saying, how do we pull this out? How do we pass this along as well? All right. You've talked about two factors, knowing your personality and knowing the priorities. 
That is so simple, so easy to understand, and yet sometimes we get so emotionally involved that we forget that the personality and the priorities need to work together. Summarize this for me. Give me the the way the temperament and your your seasonal life ties together to help you determine how much risk you're willing to take and it's appropriate for you to take when it looks at you look at your investment portfolio. That's absolutely right. I mean I think the key is to know yourself <clears throat> a lot, right? Figure out who you are, figure out what your challenges are, figure out what you can take and what you need to be doing and at what stage of life you're in. So if I'm twenty, I'm ready to roll. I'm, I've I've got to dial it up. If I'm seventy, backing it down. All right. If you've been listening, it's Chris Purcell. He is with our financial literacy group, a certified financial planner. If you like what you've heard, find us on iTunes and just search for Shoemaker Financial. You can listen to the program again. We'd like for you to do that. When we come back, we've got a guy that's going to help us understand elder care. He's been, of course, working with us in the program. Chris is going to stay with us. We're talking about elder care overview. What is elder care and why is it a significant topic in today's world? It's a big problem that we need to make sure we're facing. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is a true testament to the power of promises. As a struggling young actor, Danny Thomas made a vow that he would build a shrine to St. Jude, the patron saint of hopeless causes, if he ever found success. After hearing a story of an African-American boy in the South who died after a segregated hospital refused to admit him, Thomas decided to fulfill his vow by building a children's hospital in the South. At the urging of Bishop Samuel Stritch and in partnership with Dr. Lemuel Diggs, both of whom had strong ties to the Mid-South, Thomas chose Memphis for the site of his hospital. After establishing the American Lebanese Syrian Associated Charities in 1957, Thomas saw the opening of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital five years later. Since that time, breakthroughs at St. Jude have increased the survival rate for the most common form of childhood leukemia from 4% to 94%, making St. Jude a recognized leader in the treatment of cancer. St. Jude has saved and improved the lives of children from all over the world, and it all began with one man's act of gratitude. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Again, I'll remind you that if you like this program, find us on the iTunes. Just just go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial and click on today's program by date. And uh, Greg gets it up pretty quick for you. And so just feel free to listen to it again on a podcast. We appreciate that. And, of course, what we're talking about is uh, Chris Purcell has been helping us understand how to put together a portfolio when it ties to what your temperament is at this particular time and stage in your life. And now we have Rob Clement that's going to guide us through what is elder care. Now, in the last 10 years, I told you this earlier, the U.S., we've had an increase in, of 46% in home health care jobs. Now, that bottom line is, and that may not be enough, 
because we're seeing this need of elder care. Now, Rob, here's my question for you. What is elder care and why is it so, I mean, 46% increase in jobs, that's a huge number in the last 10 years. Why is it so such a significant topic? Well, first of all, all we have to do is just look around and we see that the uh, the baby boomers are maturing and we've got an aging generation. There's a huge per- portion of the baby boomers that are now, have, uh, like Chris and you were talking about, they've reached that point of life where they've moved on out and uh, now they're, uh, they're in their early uh, 70s and sometimes, uh, you know, beginning to look at uh, health that is beginning to dwindle on them. And so... Uh, who, who's going to take care of them? Well, what are you finding in your practice? Who is that person that's taking care of that elder pro? What, yeah. what is that? It used to be a family member. Now right. we're seeing this increase in jobs. It's now this this home health care person that's there. I mean, whether it's a health aide or something. Is it health aide that's doing it, or is it family members that's doing it? Well, it's still the majority is, is family members. Uh, we live in a very mobile society, so uh, yes, we're, we've moved away from family many times, but yet... Uh, there is uh, there is family, and typically it's a uh, a female. It's uh, someone who's in their 40s uh, to uh, early 50s. That's the uh, primary caregiver for the parents. So if I'm looking at a 45 year old, they usually got a kid in college, probably mm-hmm. 40, 45, and then maybe even a little bit later than that. And so then they're taking care. So that's the issue that you could be doing both where you're taking care for oh, both. Oh, that's it. And, and the uh, typically what you're looking at is that a caregiver uh, can have more dwindling health problems than the person receiving the care because of just like you pointed out, Jim, there's, uh, there's so many things they're trying to balance in their life, balance uh, the role of being a, a wife, a mother, a person that is trying to provide and care for parents or a loved one, family member. So there's a multitasking going on. So uh, elder care is uh, is a, a, a big and getting bigger, as you uh, as you mentioned earlier. So what do we do? I mean, we're committed. I know as a firm to you know enabling our clients to define and help them understand right. what they're trying to do. So give me some insight into this working with a client and and helping them go through because it's a it's a confusing. It can be it can be emotional. Uh, I mean, just recently I had a, a whole family, two, three daughters, three son-in-laws, trying to deal with mom and how to do this and pay for this. And dad, it was deceased, and you know the. I mean, it's just it's confusing. And you can sense the emotional tension sometimes that is created. They want to do absolutely what's best, right? But they don't know exactly what to do. Yeah. Well, let's let's go backwards here. Let's. Let's start with the fact that uh, it's, uh, I'm going to say the five P's, proper planning prevents poor performance. And, and with families, what I see so often is the importance of starting early, like where Chris and you were talking about, again, the, the personality types, and begin to identify uh, early on who is going to be the uh, primary caregiver and, uh, and how you're going to uh, take those roles. So when you get into meetings like where you were and you have uh, multiple personalities in there, it's important to begin to delineate and, and prioritize roles for each person in there. There may be someone in that family group that you were talking about that's very good at handling the financial end of it, but yet he or she may not be a 
perseverer from the standpoint of being able to be with that mom and dad and holding their hands as as a caregiving person. And so those are the things that we really look at, those five Ps. Proper planning prevents poor performance. And in anything you do, whether it's the arts or it's athletics, you better plan and plan properly. You know, you say that because in this particular scenario, the, the family dedicated to mom wanted to they had not done that, and so they they if they would have started ten years earlier, it, since you use those five P's, it's excellent. We could have done so many different things for them. They could, have, but now we were dealing with it after the fact, right? And we were trying to shore up the the problems that they right. were having, and there was nothing we could do. I mean, it was just no. we gave them a lot of ideas. Uh, we tried to guide them through some issues, but again. Proper planning, if we'd have done that 10 years earlier, we could have solved a lot better problem, or you know, more problems. You know what happens, too, is that when you don't plan properly, it can bring great frustration. Even the person that has the personality that tries to be very, very patient can get very flustered because they're just being stretched so far. So, again, the importance of uh, being able to start early. Uh, and give them counsel. Well, that's, that's what was what was. You said it exactly because the reality was, the financial burden was really begin to begin to really become a part of the the family. I mean, it was the burden right. that they were going to have to take care of mom, and all that was just tuned into it. So, if you just tuned in, we're talking with uh, Rob Clement. We're talking about financial needs from an elder care standpoint. The overview of what you need to do. When I come back, Rob, I'd like for us to just because here's an issue that is so important, and I want to make sure we cover it: financial abuse, mm-hmm. and why is it so important that we need to know and understand financial abuse? So. Stay with us because we're talking about elder care and why it's important as a family to do those five P's. And I'm not going to try to stumble through them. I'll make sure Rob does it because I know the first one's proper planning. I got that. Stay with us. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges, which may increase over time and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Uh, quick reminders, 2018 tax strategies at the office on June the 7th at 5.30 to 6.30. Tommy Armstrong will be talking about really what's going on with the new tax law. You need to tune in and be a part of that. That's next Thursday. Tune in to just simply show up is all you got to do. 5.30 to 6.30, call the office. The seats are limited. You must have a reservation to, to be able to participate. Cell phone number is 757 Family, friends, most often defraud seniors. That's I hate to state that statement is so hard to to say, but that's what happens. Now, Rob, before the break, you talked about five P's, and I want you to say those again because I, I really think that ties into really kind of the fundamentals of this whole idea because of senior citizens being financially exploited. And it's such a critical problem. So help me with that. All right. The five piece, proper planning prevents poor performance. So as we see this today, 
we see that where financial abuse happens with our clients is that there's all of a sudden a distant family member that has showed up on the scene to be able to say, well, hey, I'm here to help. Uh, there's no other person in our family, and I'm the one that I want to come over and help this person. So, you know, in our role, we are watching uh, closely how that person is handling and managing that the assets that this uh, elder person has accumulated. So you, you talk about the new, the the person that came out of the woodwork, basically. Yeah, kind of that, you know. Yeah. I, I think we've all seen that happen, and uh, and many times there is a a heart to help, but in this in many cases we just have to be somewhat suspect of uh, what is that person's real intention. So, Chris, do you see anybody like that? Do you see what would you say to us from a standpoint of elder abuse in your practice, where you're talking because you've got that family member that's got the kids maybe in college, sure. and they're the ones that uh, you know also having to do both. Sure, I mean you see it you see it more common. It- more common nowadays um and it, it will be somebody that can be close why because the person that that is being taken care of is in a vulnerable state um and they're very trusting as well and they're not expecting this to happen and so it really puts them at risk and let's say you have a family of five and four of them live out of state and one person moves in job's not going real well kind of down on their luck and it's just I'll borrow a little bit of money from mom. And then the next thing you know, money just keeps coming in. And it's just easy for that person. Uh, and it's something where, again, you need to have all the family members involved to kind of watch, be watchful of that. So another topic then, when you say the family friend or the best friend, new best friend, I mean, that's one I've seen. Oh, before. yeah. Yeah. The that new, new best friend is something you've got to watch just, out. Oh, yeah. Particularly today. I, I recently have had a, uh, a client that has relocated to another state. And uh, quite a distance away from us. And I get a call, and it is from a person that identifies that they're helping this client. No name that I've ever had before. And so I immediately said, wait a minute, uh, give me your name, your role, and your responsibilities, and I will talk it over with the client. And sure, when I talk with the client, the client says, yes, I know this person. But again, part of me said, this person now is in their 80s. And I need to talk to a close family member. And good news is, when I talked to the close family member, they said, yes, this person's a good person, and we are wanting this person to help us pilot through some of these things. But you checked it out. That is it. it. You have to do your due diligence. You have to do your due diligence. Absolutely. I've had a similar situation, too. Give me another one that we need to be suspect. Uh, All of a sudden, uh, you know, there's property or there's uh, assets and a, uh, they, you get something that says, hey, I want to put this person's name on it. And again, it's a name that you haven't heard before. It doesn't look like a family member, or it could be a family member. So you've got to watch out for that type of thing. And uh, some people have really good intentions, uh, but... We just have to verify what we're doing for this client. I so. appreciate it. It goes back to somewhat of that proper planning. Our proper planning prevents poor performance. I so like that. estate planning is another key area here, too, Jim, is, uh, as people put their estate plan together, even though they've done that proper planning to prevent that poor performance, they want to change their estate plan. And uh, and so with changing that, that could mean uh, uh, maybe all of a sudden they've Say I've got a grandchild that is uh, that's shown up that I haven't seen in a number of years, and uh, and they are wanting to be able to help mm-hmm. in their estate. 
So, you know, again, all these things are little things from the sound of it, but you've got to be aware of that and watch for it. Uh, Chris mentioned earlier money that's missing. From the uh, from the client because oh yeah I loaned that to uh, uh, my niece or my nephew so those things are important or or even possessions or it can be jewelry that's missing or other things so those are all areas that are signs of particular financial abuse for seniors and I guess I would round it out by saying. unusual large purchases that have not been purchases that have been typical for that particular client. Well, that's that's critical. Now, we've talked about sudden involvement of a distant family member, the new best friend, some changes in the accounts, revised estate planning, missing money to, you know, do the, you know, something's happened or a possession that's something going on, an unusual purchase or withdrawal, or all of a sudden you got to consult with somebody you've never met before. You actually mentioned that. These are all things for people to be sensitive to. 66%, according to a recent study, of the people that have a financial crime against them is caused by a family, a friend, somebody close, trusted. That's critical, guys. That's so important. If you would like more information about this, we have got a booklet that we'd love to make available to you. It's called Elder Financial Abuse Types, Warning Signs, Recognition, Prevention, and Reporting. It's all in one booklet. All you have to do is pick it up and uh, give us a call at the office. We'll set one aside for you. 757-5757 and uh, be glad to make sure that it's available to you. That's elder abuse, elder financial abuse, and a free booklet made available for you, our listener. Guys, thanks so much for a great program today. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Great. Pleasure being here. If you just tuned in, we're ready to go. We thank you so much for being a part. Thank you for being a constant listener of ours. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Chris Purcell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered resident a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Well.